what is the right way to handle God's Word. The Master's key is the key to unlock what the Scriptures mean. We're going to be looking at Jesus as our role model for someone who rightly handled the Word of God. So we go to the Master, Jesus himself, the Master's key. How did the Master do it? We follow his model and we stay true to that. Then we will find the truth and the truth will set us free. free. Welcome to the Master's Key with Nigel Christensen from Celebrate Messiah. Nigel, uh, we've been looking at uh, the Master's Key. A lot of this has been enlightened to both of us from Arnold Fruchtenbaum's book, the Yeshua, the Life of Messiah, from a Messianic understanding, which, mm. as opposed to a 21st century Gentile understanding. So what we're looking at is... Uh, how to rightly handle, how to rightly divide the Word of God. Correct, and the yeah. term you've used is the master's key, Jesus yes. being the master. Let's yes. look at how Jesus did it. Absolutely. And that helps us. Absolutely. So we've been looking at different types of prophecy, literal prophecy with literal fulfillment. Correct. We've looked at a, a typological uh, prophecy with well, literal prophecy, literal with, prophecy with typological fulfillment. So I told yep. you it was confusing. <laughs> um, so we're looking this time at a literal prophecy plus application. That's correct. Yeah. All right. Cool. And so this is this is where we start with our verse today about application. All right. So Proverbs twenty three twelve. Apply your heart to instruction and your ear to words of knowledge. Yes. And uh, are we going to head to the Jer Jeremiah one? We want to look at that one. Which one was that the, one? Sorry. The, the oh, so that's coming up in a second. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, but the key phrase here was a it was application. We we need to apply our hearts to what the Word of God has to say, yep. and ears to words of knowledge. In other words, we want to hear what God has to say. There are very many voices out there that have lots of different competing yep. con concepts. We need to somehow hear the still small voice of God as we're studying his word and we're not allowing our flesh or anything else to sort of go, ooh, that's really cool. And yeah, it might yeah. sound really cool, but it may take us down a really bad path. We've talked before about uh, that, that big term systematic theology. Um, the first rule of systematic theology is what did the original readers Absolutely. understand the writer exactly. to, to mean, or the original hearers when we're yes. talking about the, the, you know, the gospel and acts and things. The, the second rule has always been what was it? What did the early church fathers mm. understand mm. it to mean? Yeah. And then what has it histor historically been understood to mean? Right. Yeah. Uh, and in the in the modern the, the modern theology, we've thrown those first three yeah. out. Yeah. We've just go. What well, I think this means this. And also, we have actually here, as we're seeing, what did Jesus and the gospel writers yes. understand yeah. it to mean? Yeah. And they have really great sources of correctly understanding yes. scripture. So we're going to return to that now. This is the Gospel of Matthew. We're continuing yep. to look at how Matthew is using Old Testament prophecies. And in this case, he's going to re reference a prophecy, All right. but he's going to make an application. So that's so, Matthew chapter 2. So this is the uh, this is the incident where Herod killed the children yes, 17 in Bethlehem. Uh, and so Matthew says in verse 17, then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah, the prophet saying mm. in Rama was there a voice heard lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. So good. We know who he's talking about. He's yes. even told us it's Jeremiah. Yep. Fantastic. So yep. now we can quickly go back to Jeremiah yep. and we can find the passage. It's actually in chapter 31, verses 15 and 17. So, if you so want what this, we've got to do is we've yeah. got to say what when when uh, Jeremiah was speaking this or, key. or writing it, what did the original... Exactly. So Readers now we're using the master's key yeah. Yeah. and we're going back to the original prophecy. Okay. 
What was he saying and why was he saying it? So we're Jeremiah 31, 15. Yes. Uh, Thus says the Lord, uh, a voice is heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel is weeping for her children. She refuses to be comforted for her children because they are no more, which almost sounds exactly word for word. Exactly. What uh, what Matthew said. But we are now going back into Jeremiah's time. Yep. And we're saying, why is Jeremiah saying this? Yeah. What's the context? What happened? Now, remember when we went back to, to Hosea, we actually realized, oh, the context is the Exodus. That's, yes. a, that's actually a historical event. Yeah. Well, now the context isn't historical. It's a current event. It's a current or recent event in within the lifetime of Jeremiah. And what he's referring here is to the event where the young Jewish men were being taken captive and transported to Babylon. Right. And they would never be seen again yep. by their mothers. Rachel, so, Rachel yeah. being uh, so type, in this context, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In this context, yeah. Rachel is symbolising Jewish motherhood. Yes. Okay, because what happened was on the way they passed the town of Rama, and that's where Rachel's buried. And so this is linking then to this concept of uh, Rachel symbolising Jewish mothers yep. who are weeping. For sons, so they will never see. Jeremiah is being a little bit uh, poetic he is. in his. Pro- he's being prophetic and poetic. Exactly. So he's using the fact that these young men are being taken away. They're passing the town of Rama. Yes. Which is where Rachel's tomb is. Yes. Which I've driven past actually. Yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And uh, just outside Jerusalem, and so. Using that, Jeremiah is speaking a truth of what's happening. Yes, that's the, and the key is here that mothers are weeping for lost sons. Yes. Okay? And so that's the point of similarity we have between Jeremiah's current event, yep. way back now, that would be obviously centuries later, now we're moving forward to Matthew. There's a key point of similarity. We have Jewish mothers weeping or lost sons. Yes, in the same area because Bethlehem exactly. is in that in area. Sim- well, yeah. similar area, but not the same. Well, what's interesting is that Rama is actually north of Jerusalem, okay? And so there, the one in Matthew was at, that's Bethlehem, Bethlehem which is south, south of, of Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Yep. okay? Uh, Jeremiah, the sons don't die. What's happening to them? They're being taken into captivity. Captivity. Yep. So they're still alive, yep. but they just don't get to see them again. Bethlehem, of course, it's a much sadder yep. occurrence they do actually die. Uh, they are killed. Uh, the sons of Jeremiah's context are not babies. They're young men. That's true. The sons in Bethlehem, however, they're two yep. years old and under. So they're, they're young infants. Again, that's different. So everything so far is yep. different, right? Yep. But, and quite quite a lot different. So the, the similarity part yes. is that the mothers are weeping yes. for children that exactly. they'll never see again. And this is the one point of similarity. Jewish mothers are weeping for sons they'll never see again. And this is why this verse is quoted and applied. If Matthew was writing a little bit more um, uh, literarily, you know, he, he would kind of say, this is kind of like... Yes. What Jeremiah talked about. Yes. So oh, he's, not, 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 oh, hey, this is, I read this in Jeremiah. This is, this is a yeah. direct fulfillment of prophecy. Yeah. What he's saying he's is, making application. Is Herod killed the babies. And this is kind of like what happened in Jeremiah's time. Yeah. The mothers that, yes. are weeping. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's an application. Exactly. So it's a literal event. We yeah. do not deny the literal event. It happened. Jeremiah's yeah. time happened. What Matthew is going is, oh, I see a significant similarity between these two events. There are a lot of other things that are very different. But on this one point, they are the same. 
Jewish mothers weeping for lost sons. And this is where he's making his application. He's taking that literal event, applying it to his event. And actually, that's something a lot of pastors and Bible teachers do. They take things out of the Bible, and then if they're a good teacher, they'll apply it to your and my life so we can see its relevance. Isn't that what Sunday school teachers did all our lives with the story of Joseph and the story of Daniel and the story of Jonah? Because if it's got no relevance, it's like, why am I learning this? That's right. So Matthew is saying, look, here's a relevant point that we need to understand. I'm going to apply this in this context to show you this pattern. Right. This I'm, I'm and he's not even it. making a point with that. Mm. You know, he's, he's, not, he's not saying, well, this is the same as what happened when Jeremiah no. spoke, so Jesus must be yeah. the Messiah. Yeah. He's just applying it in this instance exactly. and going, you know, this is it's the same. He's making an application, yeah. just like a, a good preacher, yeah. teacher would do. And what that does is it it makes it more relevant. It, it brings us into the context of what's happening. And for Matthew's audience, that's what it's doing. Yep. It's bringing them into the context of those events and going, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, this was this was a pretty traumatic event yep. because we know how traumatic the captivity was. Yes, because we know that. Wow. And because it's, Bethlehem's a small place, not a lot of people necessarily knew about that yep. event. So he's possibly he's saying that actually this is significant. Yeah, yeah. he's saying it's a very significant event. It was very traumatic. Yep. But also God protected Jesus from that event. That's right. So we've got these four types of prophecy. We looked at the first one was literal prophecy with literal fulfillment. The second one was a literal event. Yes. uh, With prophecy, yeah. Or prophecy and a typological fulfillment. Yes, exactly. Uh, The third one we've just looked at now is an application of a prophecy to an event. Yeah, literal literal prophecy and then it's applied. And now we're coming to our fourth. And the fourth one is is a summation. Summation, correct. Yes. So this is a summary of many prophecies which then has a literal fulfillment. So actually, we're going to return back to Matthew here and see how he uses summation. And it's in verse 23. Uh, So we're chapter 22, chapter 2, verse 23. 23, And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was written by the prophets. I hate it when they do that. Yeah, can you tell me which prophet? Because ah. you know, these guys didn't have concordance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he came to dwell in Nazareth that, it might be, Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was written by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Yeah, so he's making a summation here. Now, what's interesting is if you and I go through and try and find that phrase, he shall he be, shall called, be a called a Nazarene, Nazarene, you're not going to find it. Oh, right. Even it's with the concordance. There. No, no, even right. with your strongs or whatever, yep. you're not going to find that. Um, some people point to Isaiah chapter 11, 11, but there's only one word of similarity there. Yep. It's not the phrase. And otherwise it just doesn't match at all to what Matthew is saying. So, but there's a little bit of a clue here because he says, spoken by the prophets, prophets plural, plural. Yep. yes. And so what we don't have here is an exact quotation. And this is now this fourth category yep. of summation. He's not trying to quote a particular prophet, what a particular prophet said. He's simply summarizing what a number of different prophets talked about as yep. they were prophesying. So it's like a theme. He's it's, drawing a theme from the prophet. It's one of those cases if you if you knew the word or you know the word of God. Yes. There's and we talked about this the other day in the office. Um, the the overarching theme of God's love for man that He wants to create a, a being that He can mm-hmm. He can love in this marriage relationship. Yes. It's very difficult to actually find individual verses. Yes. 
to support that, but the full scriptures yes, exactly. give that picture. And so we, can make a summation we can make from, a summation exactly. on that. Yeah. And this so is this what Matthew is doing, doing here. So we have to be a little bit careful because it, it doesn't always apply, but this is often a good starter to go, oh, maybe this is summation when he says prof- prophets in the plural. Because previously he was saying it in a singular, the prophet Jeremiah singular. The prophet, the right? prophet. Now yeah. he's saying prophets plural. Um, and that's often a clue. We, it's not always the clue, but it is yeah. often a clue. And and here he is not trying to quote one prophet. He is simply summarizing, summarizing what the various yeah. prophets had to say. And what's interesting is that he's talking about Nazareth and someone who's a Nazarene being despised and rejected. Yeah. So here's the clue. What prophets talked about Messiah being despised and rejected? Well, some pretty obvious ones, Isaiah 53. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that comes to mind. Psalm 22 come to mind. Yep. These clearly state there would be dis- that, that he would suffer people's rejection. Yes. That people would despise him. And so he's taking that theme and he's summarizing yep. it. He's saying being born in Nazareth actually means he's going to end up being despised. Well, we know, we know that famous that famous question, can anything good come out of exactly. Nazareth? So, exactly. We're not going to mention any towns or cities around the place, but you can probably come up with them yourself. You know, he should, he should be called a... Yeah. You know. I mean, most of us could probably think of a place with a bad reputation. Yeah. Anywhere in the world, yeah. most countries will have a place with a bad reputation. As you said, we're not going to name anyone. But we can well, in this Hamilton. We can name Hamilton. We can name Nazareth. <laughs> and that's Nathaniel's comment. Yes. Can any yeah, good because thing that was, come that was a common thing. You know, yeah. Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. It was like... Nazareth so, is the is the badlands. Yeah. You know, Nazareth has got the bad reputation, yeah. and so him being from Nazareth, being called a Nazarene, exactly, yeah. immediately meant yeah. people looked down on him, despised yeah. him, rejected him, just simply because of where he came from, what yeah. the association he had, and so therefore that's fulfilling that theme of the prophets. Messiah yep. would suffer being despised and rejected. So, so this is the fourth. So we've had literal. Prophecy, literal fulfillment. Yep. Literal prophecy, but then it's a type. It's pointing to a type. It's in other words, Jesus is, there's a pattern and Jesus fulfills it. And then there's application, and that's where the passages are largely different except for one very important point. And that point is, is used to yep. make an application. And now we have summation. Summation, we su- summarize what the prophets, yes. plural, have exactly. said. Exactly. It's rather a theme and we, and we of that, many yep. prophecies yep. that has been brought to bear to help us to understand oh, further truth concerning Jesus. And we've yep. used the master's key to understand in each case what were yep. the prophets saying and then come back and go, oh, I see what he's doing here. I see yep. what... the the gospel writer or whoever it is in the New Testament is doing with this prophecy. Yeah. So, so the the key the key when we talk the master's key is the key to unlock what the scriptures mean exactly based on what it meant. Yes, as it's written. As Understanding it's written. as it's written. Yeah. And then that helps us to rightly divide the word of truth. Yeah. So next time we'll look at that and we'll look at the New Testament's um, how would we say uh, not understanding of the Old how, Testament how they, scripture, how they, the relationship yeah. with it? Yeah, yeah. How, how the, the New Testament used exactly. the Old Testament? That's next time.